This is Will Swan and you're listening to the Amber and Blue. Good evening everyone. Uh, welcome to this week's edition of Amber and Blue. Coming to you live from Southwall Rugby Club. Um, so I'm obviously here this week because Edward's got goalkeeping at the uh, Scott Loach Academy. So uh, that's why I'm here. So I'm outside. It's pretty cold to be fair. Um, so yeah, I'm going to have to start doing this live on location on a Wednesday because this is where Edward now has goalkeeping. Um, so where, where, where do we start? Um, so I'll set up an agenda this week. So um, we've got Wimbledon. What happened in Wimbledon? Um, shit refs. Uh, Andy Garner. Uh, Cluffy. Nigel. Um, let's see. So we're going to touch on a lot of things this week. Um, it's going to be interesting. Of course, obviously that window is coming to a close tomorrow. Um, it'd be interesting, you know, we'll, uh, we'll bring my co-host in. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, been a bit of a boring window for us really, hasn't it? You know, we've been spent all this window talking about Lee Gregory and, what he could bring. Well, Lee Gregory's not bringing anything for this team because he's isn't coming. So, yeah, so the Lee Gregory's put in bed, you know, good luck with the rest of his career because it won't be at Mansfield and that's that. Um, I would be interested to know though, if, if Aidan Flint was trying to like broker the deal, so to speak, and telling Gregory to come, I wonder how Flinty feels now knowing that his mate's not going to be here this season. Uh, welcome, Richard. Evening. <clears throat> Evening. Uh, how are you? Oh, not bad, not bad. Fully recovered? Fully recovered. That's good then. That's good. Uh, I had my first negative test this morning. Not oh, very good. Just in time. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all right, isn't it? So, um, right. So, where do we start? Wimbledon. Do you, uh, do you want to go with this, Rich? I'll let I'll, you, you take the. Uh, I'll let you do story time. Okay, so basically, for those that you don't know, we went on a little amber and blue tour this weekend, which involved the four of us: me, Asbo, or as you name Richard, the co-host, Norman, and Smithy, who normally comes in with the stats at some point. Um, so basically, we had a weekend away. Uh, we got to London fairly early. Went in a few pubs. Met Terry from Proud Stags who decided to try and keep up with us by drinking two beers to our every one. Terry did well, but Terry was drunk. Um, and yeah, obviously, you know, we uh, we booked into, was it called The Woodman, Rich? Something like that. I can't remember the name of it. So we booked into The Woodman, um, dropped all the stuff off, all, all gravy, couldn't get in the room until three o'clock. Obviously, we're at the game. So we go to the game, we have a few beers, get to the game. And, and let's just let's just start about the game. So, uh, you know, genuinely, I thought it was a really, really poor first half. Um, I, I think the injury to Flint absolutely shocked us. It was a bit like, remember at Doncaster, Rich, when Kilgore got injured? We played crap for the rest of that half because we couldn't... I think we were more in shock that you like talisman player got injured. Do you reckon that's right, Rich? Yeah, I think the the fear of it being a big injury as well probably 
because he's not what he's not one to stay down in the way he went off holding his arm. I think everyone sort of guessed straight away that it was going to be a, a lengthy spell out. Yeah, definitely. And Aidan Flint's not one of them to stay down. So when you knew he were down, it was like, oh. And it's a case of how bad is it, not what he's done. Uh, so there were that. And then, obviously, we move on to the uh, to the Jordan Barry red card. Um, I've seen some people on Facebook say it wasn't a red. Um, for me, I think it's probably a red. I think he was the last man. Um, but the... But the problem is, it's not it's not the actual red. It's the fact that Sutton on Tuesday, when they played us and they did back to us, their player got a yellow card. Should have been a red. It's the inconsistency between the refereeing. But I just, I like Jordan Barry. I think he's had, I think he's had a really good season. You know, he's I would say he's more of a right back now than he is a striker. But I don't know what he was thinking with that, Rich. Yeah, I think. It, obviously, he was definitely last man. I think the annoying thing is, in a foot race, I think Barry would have kept up with him. Um, at the time, I thought Maris was... I've, I've just watched it back before. At the time, I thought Maris was a lot closer to the sort of incident than, than he was. He was still a good few yards off. So, I don't know if you know you couldn't really class him as sort of a cover, covering defender. But, like you say, straight, straight away, you sort of compare it to the Sutton one. And... Maybe Barry is another five, ten yards inside, inside the half. But there's not a great deal of difference in it. You know, both both are going to go through in on goal, and you know, one one gets a yellow and one gets a one gets a straight red. So it is just the inconsistencies. But we're sort of used to that now with the with these referees. Yeah, and and that for me is is the problem. It is way way too inconsistent. Um, and yeah, it's it's just frustrating for me. I'm, I was more frustrated at Barry because, again, it's it's a challenge that he didn't really need to do. And like you say, in a foot race, it's Josh Davidson, I think it is, who like who obviously Barry commits a foul on. He's not known for pace. He's a bit he's a bit slow at top. So I'm literally unsure why why he needed to do that. For me, it was. Um, I mean, it was just a bit daft, but obviously he got sent off, and you know that's that. We go, we go one nil down, and we go to half time. Half time outside, everyone's getting a beer. It it was depressing. Um, it, it, we just seemed to, I don't know that first half. What do you reckon, Rich? Do you think we just gave up a little bit? There weren't no fight, no fire, was it? I think, I think obviously when when it got to half time, I think it was a combination of. Uh... Like I say, being being a man down, Aidan Flint going off injured, being a goal down, and it just sort of seemed as if in that half an hour spell in first half that it was going to be a half an hour that massively affected the season. Yeah, definitely, and I think I think the thing is, it was like genuinely couldn't see where a goal was coming from that first half, and it was very slow again, very sluggish, and. We're not, we don't seem to be carving out the opportunities we did at the start of the season when we were getting there. Um, obviously, every team goes through a blip. I think January is probably our blip. Um, but if we can get through January, well, it's done now. Um, we just need to start turning those draws into wins just to get out of this league. Um, second half, 
completely different team. They were fire in the bellies. They were hunger. They wanted it. And genuinely, I thought the 10 men of Mansfield, A, performed better with 10, but B, went at them. Wimbledon were poor. Like, I know, we all know the final result and we all know what happened. Wimbledon aren't a great team. And realistically, I think 11 v 11, if we'd have played with that tempo, we'd have probably beat them. But the first half when we did have 11 the, and, and the Sutton game, we've not had that tempo. We've not wanted it. I don't know what's happened. Like, obviously, at the Sutton game, they were players arguing with each other again and stuff like that. I don't know what, what has happened, but we didn't have that fire. Second off, we came out and we just went at them. And uh, what did you think at second half, Rich? I think I said it. I think I said at time, obviously, like sometimes when it, when a team goes down to 10 men, it does sort of, you know, get, get everyone going, knowing that they're going to have to work harder and give that sort of extra 10, 10, 15%. But like you said, I think second half, I think, you know, we did well considering we we're playing with a man down and, um, you know, it was good to see uh, Will Swan get his goal and, and get back on team sheet. And at that, I suppose even when Will Swan scored, you're thinking, you know, just, just see it out for a, a draw and you, you'll take the point. And then obviously you get to Keeler Dunn's uh, incident where referees decided to do his best impression of fucking Stevie Wonder and uh, wave the most blatant foul you'll ever see away. And then within within seconds, they've gone down to the other end and and completely nicked it. So again, it was like that last, you know, for, 40, for 45 minutes of that half, we, you know, we, we deserved something and then, well, we still deserved something, but then the last few minutes have just been completely ruined by shit officials again. Yeah, and, and that seems to be a growing concern. I mean, I'll get to the penalty in a minute, but what, what a finish that was from Will Swan. Last week, I said that Will Swan looked lively. He looked pacey when he came on. Um, I'm going to glow. I I thought, I said, given the predictions this week, even though I got the score wrong, I said that Will Swan would score. And and he has. Um, and I think that's that's the thing. Bearing in mind, what you've got to look at is that that's a quality goal. But Will Swan's out of confidence. He's not started many games. He's not found the goal as much as this. To take that goal from what he did, from initially losing it as well and then winning it back, it was some finish, wasn't it, Rich? Yeah, it was, it was a good finish, and like you say, hopefully, you know, I think it's happened a couple of times this season where he's scored, and you know, hoping he was gonna he was gonna kick on. But I think this one was, you know, a proper striker's goal. It was a good finish. So hopefully, it's. Uh, I think he put some on Instagram about reminding Senwet Net is or, or something along that line. So hopefully, you know, it gives him a little bit of confidence, and and he gets to run a game as well. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen at last. 24 hours or so at deadline. We don't know who's coming in and what have you. But hopefully, you know, he still gets a start and he can maybe get another one on Saturday and go on a, go on a bit of a run with it. Because, like you say, that goal will be done his confidence the world of good on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's probably um, giving, him, giving him a lot of confidence. Um, and hopefully now that's the... You know, that's the spot for Will Swan. You know, maybe if if we can get Swanny firing every week, do, do we need a striker? Do we need someone just to compliment Will? Um, obviously, we've got Lucas, who's 
who, to be fair, and I've yet to see this, I see a lot of criticism for Luke Sakins, but Luke Sakins got dropped to right back after Barry sent him off and had, to be fair, a fairly stellar game. But yet, you know, you don't see that. Um, I think people, I think he is obviously this season's boo boy and all the rest of it, but he was, he was literally f like fairly stellar. Um, and I, th I thought he played well, to be fair. We were, the last goal, could we have done better? Mm, probably. Um, but I think, I think once the ref failed to get that penalty and, you know, you look on Twitter and you see people say it's not a penalty, right? My argument is Davis Keeler Dunn's beat his man. He's turned him and beat him. He's got no reason to go on the floor. Is he rich? No, no. Um, so I think he's turned him, and it, you know, if, if he do, if he doesn't, I mean, you can see from one angle his shirt's being completely pulled to one side. So, you know, like you say, he's turned his man, he's beat him. So all he's got to do is, you know, take another touch at football, and, and he's got a free a free shot on goal from twelve fourteen yards out, whatever it was. So. You know, for him, for and the, I've just, I just watched it back before, and the referee's got a good view of it. It's not like he's being impeded by anyone or anything. He's literally looking straight at it because as soon as Davis Keeler done hits the floor, the referee waves his arms straight away. Like, how, how can you be looking at a sh an incident like that? You know, have such a good view, be up with play, and still deem it not a foul. It just yeah. It Ridiculous. The the mind boggles, and and this is what I I fail to understand with officiating is like obviously then we have the Stephen Quinn sending off because he came running onto the pitch, um, and it, again he couldn't wait to brandish that red card. Um, so I don't, the problem is now on social media is you see videos they're clipped, edited, so you don't see the full build up of it. And you can't hear what Andy Garner's saying to that fan. So, it's not... You know, we all know Andy gets a little bit irate and stuff like that and says stuff, but for Garns to go in the crowd and actually proper have a pop at someone, I wonder if something a bit more personal has been said. What do you reckon, Rich? Possibly. Like I say, I think they'd all, uh, I think they'd all lost their heads on... Well, to be fair, I think we lost his heads on pitch on that one, given because it was that blatant. I think everyone was just sort of mind was boggling how how it not had been given. And like you say, we know uh, we know Garns can be quite a passionate character at times, but like you say, for him to actually, you know, make his way into well, I don't know. It seemed to be like back tunnel or dugout or something, wasn't it? So I don't know. Like I said, I don't know whether they've been calling him, shouting abuse at him or whatever, or whether he was just wound up and they've sort of said something bantering and he's he's gone steaming and I don't know but obviously Clough's been charged today for something he's something he said in the referee's dressing room after the game so I'm surprised nothing's come out about uh, Andy Garner going going into the crowd as well to be fair Yeah and I, I think that's the thing um, you know Nigel mentions referees in post-match interviews with Steve-O, but never really says anything to game in bother when he said, like, the fourth official were, like, grinning at him when we didn't get decisions go our way. I, I genuinely believe that because Nigel's... To be fair, if you watch him all back, he's very candid about stuff because Nigel tends to know that he can't really say a lot because he's going to get bollocked. But he's obviously said about this fourth official smiling and the rest of it while 
while we didn't get a decision. But the problem is now is that the FA, they do fuck all about that. They are very quick now to blame managers, blame players, blame fans. But the problem is they want like footballers, managers to respect the referees. But when you're when you're dropping bollocks like that and then nothing happens to you, how can you have that respect? If that was Premier League and, and VAR had got that wrong and the ref had got that wrong, this week you'd have seen a statement saying they've been dropped for the next two games. But because it's lower down the food chain, he's just not interested. So next week, Will Finney will be free to fuck up another game. And, the, and this is where the, the problem lies with English football. They're, they're trying to protect refs and keep them in the job, but they're that scared to say, oi, mate, you know, that was shit. What are you thinking? And I think moving forward with referees, it needs to be something because it must be only job in the world that you can turn up, fuck up, and nobody say anything to you. There certainly needs to be some form of accountability because, like you say, ref, referees... And I know, I know they say there's a there's a shortage and what have you, but if if they were given the proper training and what have you, then this might not be a problem. But like you say, if we'd have been on a worse or like a, a more bad run, and that decision gets given, and we lose the game, effectively, and that's not just us, it's anyone. Effectively, that could cost the manager his job. Because you lose another game, yet the referee is just sort of wandering, wandering and out of games, and they, they, like you say, they're just, they're just ruining games and they're ruining livelihoods and, and things like that, and they just they just no accountability for it. Like I say, he'll he'll ref another game this weekend, and he'll you know there'll probably be another set of fans saying how fucking clueless he is, and he don't know what rules and, and this that and other, and it, it'll just rinse and repeat until the EFL or whoever it is start and actually either train them up properly or give them proper training or qualifications or whatever it is, then it, it's not going to change. And like I said, the first ones to get punished are the managers for criticising referees' performance. If he, if he's performed badly, then there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to criticise his performance. Why why should they get away scot-free all the time? Yeah, and and that's the thing. There's, there's too much protection for them. And, you know... Um, so I, I looked into it a little bit, looked into the ref. I think it was last season or this season, Steve Evans and Paul Rayner. But I think Rayner got red carded and Evans got yellow carded because Stevenage had a clear penalty and it wasn't given by Will Finney. So obviously Evans was like, Evans and Rayner, we both know what they're like when they get angry. They've obviously lost their shit. Rayner's been red carded. Evans has had a yellow. So it's, it, you know, it's not just, this isn't just against Mansfield. This is a referee that's continuously dropping bollocks and allowed to just carry on doing his day job. And like you said, it might, you know, it might get a manager the sack. It might even, worst case scenario, let's say, let's say it happened against Sutton and Sutton needs someone to stay in the league. It could even get a team relegated and yet it'd be there next week just tracking on doing the same again. If, if managers can't come out and openly criticise, then what's the point and and the fourth official what is the point of having a fourth official because they, they hold up a board right they hold up a board they keep checking minutes you could see Nigel and Garns talking to them 
and you can see that they don't see, they don't agree with the decisions, but they don't say out, they don't do out. You might as well just have a fan down there. You might as well just like auction it off. Be the fourth official for the day, pay hundred quid and hold up a board and work out minutes because that's that's pretty much where we're at. And and even counting up minutes for added on time, we're seeing on Tuesday night against Sutton that that's a load of they, they can't fucking count neither. So like I say, fourth official's biggest uh, con job in the world. Yeah, and it's just yeah, it's just stealing money, isn't it? You could get anyone to do that. Um, Natalie, welcome. Good evening, guys. You all all right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, just reading a few of the messages. To MTFC A two eight nine. Just for more confirmation, another relative of Tom Nickel has followed us. Laughing face. Um, Harry, MTFC, he's turned him and pulled his shirt. It's a blatant penalty. The fans who said it wasn't Stockport County and Wimbledon tells you a story. I agree, Harry, I've got to say it was a blatant penalty. I didn't actually make the match, but I was watching it on the TV. Um, I nearly smashed my television in. <laughs> so, so mo moving on to this, right... Does anybody know, literally, does anybody know what Stockport's obsession with us is? Yes, we've beat them twice this season. But why is their obsession with us? They are on literally every page about us. And it's uh, like... I think, TJ, I think TJ's got something to do with that. <laughs> but genuinely, I just, I, just, I just don't understand it, mate. It's, it's genuinely like, you know, you're top of the league. You're up there. Why would you give a shit about anyone else? Because I know I wouldn't. As a Stags fan, the, the only team I'd give shit to if we were at top at league and they were in our league is that scum down road. And I'm not talking about County. Um, but genuinely, I just don't get it. They're like on every status and like when we lose, they're on it. And I just think it's sad. Like it's up in the league. Like, do you get it, Rich? No, like I say, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why they've suddenly. Latched on to, I mean, to be fair, like even when Mansfield put tweets out, they're, they're sort of replying to it before Mansfield fans have replied to it. So they're obviously, they're obviously a bit lonely in Stockport or something. They want to go back to shagging the sister or something. Yeah, yeah, pro probably like yeah, they're just a small team in Manchester, aren't they? So it's like they're just trying to make themselves feel adequate um, after years in the wilderness. But yes, so. Um... Obviously, oh, we better move on from game now. So, obviously, we lost that. But Swanee's back amongst the goals. I'm telling you, this is it now. This is his turn of form. Watch him score on Saturday. I'm telling you, winning goal Saturday. Um, I, th I thought TJ was going to be speaking tonight. He's actually put in the messages, not guilty. Yeah, he's, he's bottled it tonight. <laughs> he's proper bottled it. He was given an open platform and he's bottled it. Apparently, apparently he talked next week. But we'll wait and see. We we shall wait and right see. Righto. Um, so, yeah, so after the Wimbledon game, we uh, we left all a bit pissed off, to be fair. Um, ended up trekking back to the hotel. Um, Rich, do you want to do this bit of story time? Well, this is your story because you're the only one to see it. So. Story time, right. story okay. time, story time. I know, I know. <laughs> so, anyways, we got back to the Woodman pub. Um, 
and obviously gets the room code. The bloke says, I'll show you to the room, right? Now, for those of you that are similar to my age, used to be a TV show on once a week that you used to have to watch stuff combine a conveyor belt, and then you used to have to guess what they are. I think it was a generation game. Um, yeah, it was. So basically, this, this bloke opens the door, and literally what? About four inches, and I'm no word of a lie, there's a blood stain on the floor, there's piss-covered sheets everywhere, and it, it just looked like, yeah, someone had got a bit mad in there. And he literally closed the door as quick as he could open it. And all he could say was, this doesn't normally happen. <laughs> Welcome it to the Norman Bates Motel. <laughs> uh, honestly, it looked like the scene from a brothel or <gasps> saw, right? So anyway, the bloke goes, oh, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer for that room. So we ends up draping up to Smithy and Norman's room, right? Um, gets, to, gets to their room. Obviously, as I look around their room, and I'm not joking, it looked like Chewbacca had shaved his arsehole in the toilet because there was just all arse air floating in the toilet. They'd not even flushed it. Right? So so this is where we're at. So we've got one room covered in blood and piss and whatever else, and another room covered with hair in the toilet. So the bloke comes out. He says, really sorry, lads. Walk downstairs. And we literally had the double of Jim White service service in the pub. Um, we got a free round for it. And um, he, did, he really didn't want to give us a free round. But I think after what we saw. So, yeah. So, we, were, we went out then and got even more drunk because we thought it might be our last night on earth in this hotel room, didn't we, Rich? Yeah. To be fair, the the lad who uh, the lad who shown us took room, he he was more than happy to give us a free round. It was just uh, Jim White seemed a bit. Uh, he must have been gaffer or something. He seemed a bit dubious about getting around that, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think I don't think we helped it because um, we we asked him if he had any Mansfield any breaking Mansfield field transfer news because he looked like Jim White. So I don't think he were overly happy about that. Um. So basically, after that, to go off at a bit of a tangent. We went to enjoy some uh, Premier League football. Uh, we went to Fulham versus Newcastle. And I can honestly say, as corrupt as League Two is and as crap as the ref is, Premier League football is well boring. It is well boring and well expensive. So we this space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. We ended up sitting in this new stand, the Riverside, was it, Rich? I think so. And, um, Basically, we got to talk to a bloke next to us and stuff like that. So, his season ticket in that Riverside cost him, was it two grand, Rich? Somewhere along those lines. It was quite, and obviously, the ticket that he was in there for last on Sunday didn't include it because it was FA Cup, wasn't it? So, he had to pay for that separately. Really? Um, yeah, and that's the, that's the thing. So, literally, I think his season ticket up there is £2,000, right? Tickets for that FA Cup game, I mean, can you remember year, many moons ago, FA Cup prices used to be lower than Premier League prices. If this is still the case, Fulham were charging £50 a ticket for that game. Um, and it, it was it were a poor game and VAR kind of kills it, doesn't it, Rich? Yeah, so 
it, it, like you say, that that's the one good thing with with the EFL and that you know you if they've got if someone scores or whatever, you know, a quick glance at linesman, see if he's got his flag up, and you know you can uh, you can celebrate and the goal's going to stand. But where Premier League, I know that was FA Cup, but where there's Premier League teams involved, it does it kills the atmosphere a bit because you celebrate the goal, but then you know you're looking up at screen and it's saying that VAR's reviewing the goal and, and stuff like that. And it, it does it just. I mean, I suppose you get to celebrate the same goal twice, but it does just take that initial buzz out of it a bit. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, it was it was good watching all the Newcastle fans celebrate the actual goal. Then it goes to VAR, they review it, and they still give it as a goal. But the celebrations are a bit more muted, and it's just it's just a bit crap. To be fair, um, but yeah. So then we went out in Wimbledon, got got really really drunk. Came back, uh, fell asleep in the hotel room. It was clean when we came back. The carpet was wet, so they'd obviously had the carpet cleaner on it. Um, fell asleep in the hotel room, and I'm pleased to report that Amber and Blue didn't die this week. So You, you know they did, because you came back with the old uh, virus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came back with a vid, but other, other than that, you know, it's... Um, yeah, other than that, I'm all right. I just can't taste, though, and got sore throat all the time. Um... So yeah, that was that was a weekend. Uh, alcohol's really expensive down there. For those of you that are thinking of going to London on a night out, four pints, um, four Jaeger bombs were fifty quid. So that's what you're up against. So give me prize well any day at week. Uh, and yeah, so that's Wimbledon nicely covered and done. Um, so we've got a little game on Saturday, haven't we, Rich? Say that again. Sorry, we've got the little game. On Saturday, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the Nottinghamshire Derby. Uh, how are you feeling about this one? Uh, I'll let you know at uh, 11 o'clock tomorrow night, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, li- I'm a little bit nervous, if I'm honest. It's a bit like, mm, it's not sure. Um, think, like, like you say, I think we know a lot more by 11 o'clock. Um, and that's that's the most important thing at the minute. You know, we need to get this. We need to get these transfers right. We can't afford another. You know, last last January, I think we got it right with the players we brought in. Uh, the January before, when we brought in Aikens, who struggled at the start of his Mansfield career, and um, Murphy, I think we got that window wrong. Uh, Longstaff was okay. Uh, didn't really pull up any trees, but he was okay. Um. Yeah. What do you, What do you think about our January transfer windows, Richie, in past couple of seasons? Uh, like I say, I know Long Longstaff. He, he wasn't one of them that sort of put in regular good performances, but he seemed to. By the time he left, he seemed to have a decent uh, sort of goal scoring, um, goal scoring ratio. Um, Obviously, Murphy, uh, Murphy was uh, more than I said about him, the better. Um, but yeah, I think for us, I think as well as signing anybody between now and tomorrow, I think Flint being out for as minimal time as possible is is going to be a massive thing because I think if, if it comes out that he's sort of out for six to eight weeks, which seems to be the growing thing when we pick up an injury, I think that'll, that'll be a massive... Uh, I think that'll be a massive loss. 
Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think, you know, it was important. We need to get this window right. I think Flint, probably. I think we're all a bit on tender ups to see, you know, how injured he is, how yeah, long he's going to be out for. Uh, going off Nigel's uh, press conference, it, it seemed a bit more upbeat than, you know, when, when he originally went off. Uh, you know, I think a few thought it was a dislocation of the shoulder. I think I follow a reporting that he broke his arm or something. Um, so, you know, it was a lot more doom and gloom. But, you know, going off what Nigel said, it wasn't a full dislocation, but they're still waiting to see a specialist. So whether it's something that can be managed with uh, injections and pain management, I don't know. Because I think Flint's the sort of player where if he can get out there and play, he will. So hopefully yeah. it's... A, it's not a one that's going to keep him out for a long period of time, because even that, if, if you know, if he's out for, I mean, I don't know when he's seeing the specialist, and I don't know when the club will know how long he's out for, but it sort of leaves you with uh, Cargill and Brunt as a centre back pairing, which you know, it's it's still a good League Two centre back pairing. Obviously, it's not, it, it's a hell of a lot stronger with Flint in there, but after that, you just you just a suspension away from one of them, and you're looking at Barry at centre back when he comes back from his suspension. So yeah, if, and I, if, if Flint's going to be out for a, a prolonged period, it might be that we need to make a move for a, another centre-half. Because when, when, when we've got us off in this position, we don't want to spend in the last few weeks of the season putting more strikers at centre-half and trying to wing it till the end of the season. No, and I think that's the I think that's a worrying thing, isn't it? Um, with it, it's just that you know we need to we need to get this window right. Um, and then if Flynn is going to be out for a bit of time, I know it's a bit of a push, but we need to be we need to be having a look at maybe see if we can get a defender in. I know it's late, or or do we um, or do we uh, you know do we try and get a defender in last minute like a loan? I think we've got we've still got is it is it three long term loans you can have and three short loans you can have. I think you can have five. I think you can have five, as many loans as you want. I think you can only have five in the in the match day squad, though. So, yeah. and and to be fair, yeah. at this point of the season, it's either long or short term loans. It, you know, a short term loan to take to the end of the season anyway. So, but I'm sure you can only have five loanees in the squad. But I think we've only got one so far. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was six. You know. Sure I thought it was three long term, three short term. I'll have to have a look in a bit. Um, but yeah, so I think that's the thing, isn't it? We need to like use all the resources we've got and try and bring in who we can bring in. I said the priority's got to be got to be goals because we 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 do seem to have uh, dried up a bit of late, so we we do need someone. I know obviously Swan's got his goal and we're hoping that that's going to do him the world of good, but you know, we, we do we do need goals in this team for the chance yeah. to great. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. And I think, you know, it moves it moves on nicely to like obviously it's the last day of the window. And you know, um we've been linked with well, it's easy to say we haven't been linked with striker wise, isn't it? We've been linked with quite a few, haven't we? Yeah, it's uh, there's not many we haven't been linked to, to be fair. Are you concerned that we've wasted a lot of time pursuing Gregory? Well, 
we have wasted a lot of time pursuing Gregory because he's, he's essentially he's, he's going elsewhere. Um, unless something drastic happens in, in the next 24 hours or so, he's obviously going elsewhere. Now, whether that's his decision, whether that's Wednesday's decision or what, we don't know. I know everyone will lay claim to know that they know what's going on with, with him and Arm, which it is, and this, that, another. But, you know, essentially, he's, he's not coming despite how many people have seen him at Plesley and, and stuff. So, it you know, it makes no difference now he's not coming. But I said if, last week or week before, but once you spend so long chasing your first target, obviously we'll have gone into this window with a with a list and we don't know how many of that list have now gone elsewhere. We don't know how the options that were, you know, the, the rumours that are coming in now, we don't know how far down that list they were when we started for Lee Gregory. But, you know, the club were obviously confident that we were, that we were going to get Gregory and it hasn't happened. Yeah. So now we could be, you know... News just in, guys. ...the down list. Message from Brandon. Apparently Nichols has signed, by the way, announcement tomorrow, 100%. Yeah, I think... I think with his family following um, Stag's pages and stuff like that, it's a bit like Bailey Cargill when when Bailey signed for us. He's, I think it, the game was given away when um, when his dad ended up following the club straight away. So I think family are always the uh, first to know. So um, let's look at it, Rich. Thoughts on uh, Tom Nichols? Yeah. Um... Good, good play. You know, I think he obviously had his best spell when he was at, uh, at Exeter a while back. Um, he's not exactly been sort of prolific at, at Gillingham since he since he's gone there. But I think that probably coincided with Gillingham opening checkbook and buying every Tom Dick and Harry and having three hundred players on book. So it's easy to look and say, well, he's made forty appearances, scored uh, forty appearances and scored seven. But you don't know how many of them have been sort of chucked on at the bench um, but you know every time he's he's played he, he looks lively he obviously knows where and that he's scored plenty of goals throughout his career so you just got to hope that he comes in and Nigel can get a tune out of him yeah I think so I mean you know there were rumours about him before he went to Gillingham that we were interested but obviously Gillingham went down that typical American route of we've got American investment we've got money we're just going to throw it at every Tom Dick and Harry and hope it works um, and it's it's not really worked for them. Um, so I'm guessing now they've got... Because I think you're on a fairly decent uh, contract at Gillingham as well, like a lot of money. Like they offered laps and I think Orkins, I think it was roughly about like five or six grand a week. So I'm guessing Nichols could have been on the same. Um, but I remember the statement, he, did, he didn't want to leave Crawley, but Crawley had already agreed it with Gillingham. So I wonder... Um, like if that's part of the reason that we've not seen the best of him at Gillingham, did he actually want to be there? Um, but I have got friends at Gillingham fans, so I just dropped him a message. Um, and the replies were technically decent, good at dropping in between the lines and linking play. Don't score bucket loads, but he has nine contributions for us this season. Uh, isn't a natural goal scorer, but would fall into the creator bracket again. Um, has to play has to play um, in a pair rather than a single. So do you think he's probably been brought in to play with Aikens or do you think this is more of a signing for Swan or what do you think, Rich? It's, 
you know, going off going off what he's saying, if he if he's sort of better as a as a pair, you you would obviously assume that he's going to be coming in with, you know, to play alongside Aikens. I think he would probably suit playing alongside Aikens more than him and Swan. Um, my concern from that would be that he likes sort of dropping in between the lines and and picking ball up. Is he going to get you know it, if he's been brought in to play up front? And you sort of put in DKD number ten. Is he going to end up getting in DKD's way and taking up space that DKD wants to operate in? If you like to sort of drop in and get the ball, um, I suppose there's the difference with Swan, where he's going to be sort of hanging on the shoulder of the last man and you know wait, waiting to get in on goal. But you know, time will tell. It, it obviously looks um, it looks pretty certain that he's going to be he's going to be coming in. But like you say, we'll we'll see by this time. Well, eleven o'clock tomorrow. If he, if he's actually here or not, because we've been here and done all this before. So, uh, well, I say it'd be a decent addition, and it certainly strengthens the attacking option. Yeah, definitely, and I, I think that's what we needed. We needed bodies in, and we needed to get um, bodies through the door. Omari um, Patrick's been linked, who is currently at Sutton, um, and played last night. I think the full ninety for Sutton. Um, was at Carlisle, probably had his best spell at Carlisle. Um, what are your thoughts on him, Rich? Uh, well, the fact that he played 90 minutes for Sutton last night tells me that unless we've offered money for him, uh, I can't see him coming in. I do like the idea of him coming in knowing that he can play as a winger as well, because I think occasionally we do like to switch to a, you know, obviously predominantly we'll play with like the 4-4-2 diamond, but we you know, we have been known to switch to the four-three-three, but you know the one area in the pitch that we don't well, we don't have anyone that's a natural in that area. I would say is is sort of the the wide winger area, someone who's going to run at a man and and beat him for pace out wide. So, you know, that would give us that option if we went to a four-three-three, having having him out wide. But like I said, I can't with, with him playing the full game for Sutton last night. I think there's a few saying that Sutton have come out and said that he's not going anywhere. So, I, I think that one's. Less likely than a lot less likely than uh, Tom Nichols put it that way. Yeah, I, I think I know a lot of people are saying that, but I think Sutton's in a relegation battle. So obviously, even if he was to sign for us tomorrow, I still think they'd have played him the full ninety yesterday. Just because when you're in that relegation scrap, you need your better players. So I think I personally think they probably played him last night just to try and you know, try and beat Arrogate. Obviously it's not happened, but when you when you're in that little dog fight, you um you uh you need um you need every player you can get. So I don't know whether they'll be working on a replacement alone or something like that. I don't know. Um it's it's an interesting one. Obviously um I will just I will just drop into this. So Brandon's put in the uh in the chat about thoughts on Lapsley coming back. I'm not sure whether this one's true or not. Personally, I got. Do you know what, Brandon? You're not the first person to say it. I got asked about it yesterday, um, so I don't know whether it's just one of them daft things going round. I would probably take Lapsley back. Um, I thought I think Lapsley is a good player. The problem is Lapsley will probably be coming here to start, and while ever you've got DKD playing in that Lapsley position. I don't think I don't think he's guaranteed to start for us. And I think that's the thing. Um 
what do you think on that, Rich? Yeah, I'm pretty much the same with you. I think, yeah, it it's it's maybe it's one of them where if you know if Botang still if Botang to Swindon still on the cards, then you know maybe replacing Botang with will absolutely as sort of a, some you know as a player in the squad sort of thing. But I, I can't see him coming back and being guaranteed first team football because, like I say, if you're bringing a striker in, then your front two is going to be. Aikins and either Swan or the new striker with DKD um, behind. Um, and then when you look at the the midfield players that we've got that have been performing well, the likes of Maris and Clark and uh, Quinn's obviously, um, just, I think he's just got a one-game suspension, I think it is. But, you know, he's going to be back after county game. So it, it's not a case of actually coming back and just walking straight into the side and sort of in guaranteed first team football but if if he was coming into a place like I say the likes of Botang going out then you you would sort of take it I think. Yeah, I I honestly thought that Botang would be on his way this window. I think now with the the Quinn red card, the number of injuries we've got in defence and the players that he will probably drop back to cover him because I believe Aaron Aaron Lewis can play is it right back or left back? Aaron Lewis can drop back into what you said with left wing back. Yeah, so if if you've got Aaron Lewis that can drop in them positions, that leaves your midfield a little bit light. So I don't know whether that's that's his thinking or not. I don't think personally, again, I don't think the Lapsley rumour's true. You know, we all know that Laps was wanted to get moved back down south. Um, he's originally from there. He wanted to be around his family. Um, so... I think regardless, I think it's just a pointless rumour. I can't see it happening. Um, but like you say, it'd be interesting if it did. I don't I don't know. We were all under the impression that Laps went to Gillingham, A, because it's a decent payday for him. And, you know, B, he's, he's from down that neck at Woods. All his family's down there. He's got young kids. Um, I mean, so it, it, from his point of view, it'll probably depend on the sort of deal as well. If it's just a like a six-month loan deal, then... I don't know what his predicament is at Gillingham. I don't know how often he's playing, if he's even making squad, the team, what, I don't know. But if he's been sort of uh, told that he's going to get regular football here and come on a six-month loan deal, then maybe it makes sense for him to play football for six months and then go back down south and maybe try and get a team down south in in the summer. But like I say, I think that one's a lot less likely. Yeah, I think so. Um... And I think, you know, there's always going to be players like bounded around. Um, I'm sure, you know, we've got, we're not short of a bob or two compared to other League Two teams. So I think sometimes agents will just drum up and, you know, bring us up and offer some players. Um, and I just think we just need to get, we need to get the right fit for the club. Um, I'm just hoping that, you know, Tom Nichols comes in um and he's more of a DKD, Alfie Kilgore impact on the season rather than a Jamie Murphy impact on the season. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting twenty four hours. I think I think the whole thing is it, it has been a little bit frustrating. Um, like if if Nichols had signed and you know we're doing all the fanfare and all the rest of it, it'd be nice to just get it out there. Um, 
rather than sitting around waiting till like 10 to 11 and then put it out. I think sometimes if we just get it out so that people know and people can get excited, I get that it's deadline day and everyone wants, you know, wants to be part of it and all the rest of it. But sometimes just get the play through the door, get it out there. Let's get Zed down. Um, it's, it's a massive, for me, it's a massive game on Saturday. I think I would go as far to say that this is probably season defining um, because I think if we lose, I think fans, some fans will turn because we, it, some fans at Mansfield turn quicker than a pasty. Um, but I just think that we mope about it and have our heads down and we, we can't afford it. I think if we win, it'd be the win that sparks us back off on that run again to get us promoted. Um, I don't think, I think whenever we've lost, it's due to us not playing well. It's not that other team playing better than us. And I think that's the main thing. It's not, it's not, I've not come away from Wimbledon, Crew, or Swindon and gone, they're a better team than us. I've come away and said, we played poorly. Um, it's in our own hands. Can you hear me? Yeah, you dropped out, but you're back. Yeah, it's because we aren't wearing from football training, so I'm dipping in and out. Um, what I was saying is about how far did it get before it cut me off? Uh, you said about teams not being that good. Uh, oh, about us, us making other teams not being that good, about us being poor, something along them lines. Yeah, so I I just think that Saturday's going to be season-defining. Um, I think even yeah. way, there's obviously, you know, to start the game, there's going to be a, you know, the deadline's tomorrow. So either way, there's probably, well, by the sounds of it, there's definitely going to be one, possibly two or three new faces in the squad because they're all going to be registered in time. So, you know, maybe that's why if Nichols is all done and signed and sealed, maybe they wait until tomorrow just to try and, start and build up the hype ready for Saturday and be all positive. You know, there's, there's going to be new faces in the squad and I know we are missing a few players, Barry and Quinn out suspended and a few injuries and that. But, you know, if we can get, you know, a couple of new faces in and, and lift the mood and suddenly everyone becomes a bit positive, then, you know, the, the main thing on Saturday is going to be that, you know, that, that first 10 minutes, making sure everyone's, you know, making sure it's a good atmosphere, everyone's behind the team and, you know, you you've just got to make it a, a, a good atmosphere. You know, it's a derby game. There's going to be nerves amongst the players. You know, if we make a mistake early on, just you know, get behind them and make sure they know that we're we're behind them and create an atmosphere. And hopefully, we'll uh, pick up three points. Because you know, by all means, going off some stat that I seen earlier, I don't think they they haven't won in seven on road and. Um, They've conceded twenty is it twenty one or twenty two or some goals in in that period. So they do concede on the road. Unfortunately, we don't score many at home. So it's sent it over a nil nil or something here in it. But uh, but yeah, hopefully we can get some new faces in and kick on for the second half of the season. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's probably summed it up in like a great ending to the show. It's just about getting behind them and. Uh, yeah, seeing what we can do. Uh, Rich, score prediction? 
I will go 2 0. Will Swan double. Oh, sweet. Um, I will go 1 0 Mansfield. Will Swan. Uh, Edward, do you want to have a score prediction this week? 2 0. 2 0. And uh, who's, who's your one to watch this week, Rich? Uh, right, let me just count up see who's available and fit. Um, you know, Bugger Will Swan. Now he's now he's uh, now he's got his goal a bit of confidence in him. Hopefully, we can see him kick on and get a run inside. I hope he starts on Saturday. Um, I know there's obviously going to be a couple of new signings coming in. Hopefully, but you know, I'd like to see him get that back in and start, and hopefully, get his send another goal and kickstart his season. Yeah, definitely. Edward, are you going to do it because he's good this week or? Right, Edward's picked DKD because he's good. Um, yeah, so personally, I'd pick Will Swan. But yeah, um, that's about it then. So if you go in on Saturday, get behind the boys and um, give them a big cheer and enjoy the game. And most importantly, let's take three points and get ourselves promoted out of this league. So, um, Rich, are we doing a space tomorrow or not? We can do one, yeah, if there's, uh, if there's something worth talking about. I'm not coming on here to talk for an hour about how we haven't signed no one, but hopefully that'll not be the case. What time do you want to do it then? Do you want to do it about 10 if the window shuts at 11? Yeah. Well, okay. whatever. Yeah, window's 11, isn't it? So. Yeah. Okay, sweet. So uh, we'll have an amber and blue transfer special at 10 o'clock tomorrow night where me and Rich just probably sit and drink beer and talk about a lot of other teams signing players while we probably announce ours at 8 in the morning. So have a good one and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Amber and Blue out. See you later, Rich. See you later. This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today.